Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast. We talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. There is no off-season. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this along the first baseline of First Tennessee Park in Nashville, Tennessee, home of the Nashville Sounds. I'm still here in Nashville, Tennessee, and I am now... I had a little bit of time this evening, and instead of being social with people here, I decided to be antisocial and come out to First Tennessee Park here in Nashville, where the Memphis Redbirds, the AAA affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals, are playing the Nashville Sounds. Now, it's on Cinco de Mayo. Today is Cinco de Mayo that I'm recording this. Oh, there's a line drive by Sheldon Noose into left field. In comes the runner. He scores. It is now 4-2 sounds. There you go. 4-2 sounds here at the bottom of the sixth inning here. That's right. I'm at a minor league ballpark. And it is very Nashville here. The right field scoreboard, they they have it. Uh, it's a big electric scoreboard, but it's still the guitar shape. And B.J. Boyd is coming up. The, the Nashville Sounds, uh, B.J. Boyd is the left fielder. Nashville Sounds are the AAA affiliate of the Oakland A's. And I find that weird because there's a lot of, you, you have several AAA teams that are in California or in the West. You know, like, you know, they used to be in Sacramento. That's now the Giants affiliate. Then Fresno, which is also close to Oakland, uh, is now the Houston affiliate. Okay, fine. Uh, You'd think they'd be able to have maybe a team in Las Vegas or something. But no, it's in Nashville. And this team, and the team in Fresno is Houston. I don't get it. I don't understand how these minor league affiliates work. But here you go. Nashville, of course, big city at one point was vying to be an expansion franchise, as I said in my last podcast. And I'm looking around this area here. It's a nice, relatively new ballpark. Um, There's apartments across the way. There's a couple of bars. And it, it looks like, again, I'm not a surveyor. This is not Sully surveying. But it looks like there's room. There's room to build a park if you want to around here. There's a long drive to left center field, but it dies. The runners are tagging. There's a play at third, and the runners move up second and third. So B.J. Boyd flew out. And it just goes to show you, the musical taste, no matter where you are, you're in Nashville, country music. And you have to play the Ramones during a baseball game. So here's Jorge Mateo, who is another A's prospect here. So, I mean, it'd be interesting. Um, Jorge Mateo is, uh, and uh, uh, Franklin Barreto is another A's prospect I recognize. You may see some of these people up in Oakland before long. It's a nice ballpark. It's a double, there, there's a second deck to it which looks like there's some luxury boxes. This is Nashville versus Memphis, so it's obviously the two biggest cities of Tennessee. I don't know what kind of rivalry they have uh, in terms of the two cities and their teams, but that's just, uh, that's just fine. And we have, it's a really nice, good, solid, relatively new ballpark here in Nashville. 
Now, one thing that I have noticed here um, when I got to the ballpark and I found my seats, really inexpensive tickets. There you go. I got general admission, so your pal Sally can walk all over the place. They have in right field, kind of similar to the park in uh, park in Spokane. They have a, a kind of a bar and restauranty area in right field. It's called the Bandbox here in Nashville. They also have a miniature golf course and a lot of uh, cornholing boards. Uh, I don't know if you know what cornholing is. It, my uh, my former colleague Michael Orkin, who's a who's from Mississippi, uh, introduced me to the concept of cornholing. That's basically kind of a, a a shuffleboard game. You play tossing bean bags to a board that has a giant hole in it. Uh, that's the best way I can describe it. By the way, uh, Jorge Mateo just had a four pitch walk, and Nick Martini is coming up. So the sounds. This was a 3-2 game going into this inning. Uh, the sounds are in danger of blowing this game wide open. Uh, but there's... The next batter, first baseman number 20, Nick Martini. Nick Martini, first baseman's up, looking to blow this game open for the Nashville Sounds. Wide concourses here, lots of uh, concession stands, and relatively inexpensive concession stands. And places sit down. You know, places to sit down with your food. Good, solid experience here. Now, as I was saying before, before I was interrupted by the base hit, that it is... It's Cinco de Mayo, but they don't have, like, a big, like, Mexican theme going on here today. Uh, yesterday was May 4th, and so they're still doing the whole Star Wars theme here. May the 4th, you know... A martini hits a drive, high pop-up, center field... Everyone's running, and ball is caught. So the inning's over. Sounds got one run. They had, could have made it a lot worse. So it's a still ball game going in the seventh. So the the Sounds players are not wearing their normal uniforms. They're uh, the 8B8. Is that? Jeez. I used to know everything about Star Wars. Uh, and I don't know the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi as much, so, but the little basketball-looking thing, 8B8, 8D8. Um, no, BB8. What am I saying? BB8, not 8D8. 8D8 was a uh, uh, robot from uh, Return of the Jedi. There you go, BB8. So everyone is wearing these uniforms that have the same sort of uh, color scheme of the little ball of uh, 8B8. So. Anyway, so they're wearing those uniforms and they're going to auction those off. I was thinking about friend of the podcast, Sean Doolittle, who was assigned to to uh, Nashville when he was on injury rehabilitation. He probably would have looked just perfectly at home wearing a Star Wars one. Star Wars uh, Nashville Sounds jersey. One of the things that is cool is that they've been putting little uh, sound bites from Star Wars uh, like for moments like uh, um, you know, when, when like you, you'll hear like a Chewbacca roar or a Never Tell Me the Odds or a Darth Vader quote. The manager of Memphis got ejected, by the way. Now, one other thing that I did notice here is that they have a pitch clock. The pitch clock is here in the minor leagues. They're trying it out. One of the things that the minor league should be is a laboratory to see how some of this stuff works. 
Uh, coming up right now is Stephen Barron, catcher for the Memphis uh, Redbirds. And so when the pitcher goes up there, the clock starts to count down. They got to get the pitch off. And I haven't seen a problem. And it's kept the game moving. And if they were to implement this in the major leagues, your pal Sully would not have a problem with it. What would the problem be? Seriously, what would exactly would the problem be? Keeps it, you know, why do you need super long time in between pitches? Oh, it's counting down. 10, 9, 8, 7. Oh, he's in the windup. Swing and a miss. So he's got about, it was like 20, 15 seconds. He gets the ball. Then he's got to chuck it. And I've been here for a while. It's now the top of the seventh. And I have not seen... Oh, oh, oh. Batter called time. And now... In, and he throws it. No problem. Pitch clock is there. Game's moving along. It's been a well-played, well-executed uh, game. And if a pitch clock happened to be instituted in the major leagues, what exactly would the issue be? Now, the pitchers would have to learn how to make that adjustment, of course. But look what we're dealing with right now. This is a game between the... uh, uh, Oh, did you hear that? They said the force is strong as this one is. They just got a strikeout. Shortstop number three, Wilfredo Tovar. Wilfredo Tovar. That's a great baseball name. I hope he gets called up to the Cardinals. It'll be interesting if some of these players become stars on the major league level. But these are players who are now being taught how to pitch with this in mind. So there will be an adjustment, obviously, but only for the ones who are in the major leagues now. There was an adjustment to wearing helmets and things like that. Ground ball, now there's two outs here. There's no shortage of Star Wars sounds. I think we may have to have a shortage of Star Wars movies eventually because I, of all people, are starting to get a little tired of one Star Wars movie a year. But I digress. Oscar Mercado... The center fielder is now up for the Memphis Redbirds. But if you're learning how to play with the clock and to keep it moving along, that may, for a generation that comes up through this, make things work and makes it, yeah, I'm used to that. You know, I watched a great basketball game today between the Celtics and the 76ers, and there was a shot clock. At one point, there wasn't a shot clock in basketball. There was a play clock in football. These are all things that didn't used to exist. Now they do exist, and we're all kind of used to it now. So as we're watching the sounds play the Redbirds right now, you're seeing them being taught how to pitch with this in mind. And you know what? I see no evidence of it being any sort of detriment. All right, so I'm going to go just take a little walk around. It's a beautiful kind of damp night here. It was raining like hell earlier here in Nashville, but right now it's a beautiful time. Ooh, check swing for Mercado. And that ends it. Well, do you know what it is? It's time for the seventh inning stretch. Let's see if they break out the cantina band. The seventh inning stretch presented by Vanderbilt Health. We now invite you to get up and stretch. All right, everyone. Crazy Kyle. He's going to sing out, take me out to the ball game. And you know what? I'm at a ball game. This is my first ball game of the year. Let's stretch, shall we? Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. 
buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. I don't care if I ever get back to Lady Root. Root, root for the sounds. Why not? They don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball. Dun, 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 dun! What's better than being at a ball game? Okay. They're playing the village people in Nashville. I find that interesting. I hope Glenn Hughes is getting residuals. Okay, book. I'm I'm now in the along the uh, left field line. It's a pretty sparsely populated. It's a nice crowd they have out here, but you know it's not filled to the rim with brim. And and quite frankly, the section I'm going to sit in right now is a little kind of freaking empty. I'm going to head over to the uh, the far left field area to see if maybe hopefully someone will hit a home run. Oh, there's a drive foul down the left field line. Okay, I. I I, I got to tell you what just happened, okay? Um, your pal Sully has been to three, maybe four million baseball games in my life. I've been to I've been to a ton. I've been to a ton of games, and even though I don't go to the ballpark as often as I'd like to, I've, I've been to a crapload of games in my life, and I've seen a lot of things in my life at baseball games. I've seen. Uh, all different types of fans, all different types of experiences. I've seen all sorts of fights, too. I've seen all sorts of arguments. I've seen, you know, been to a, a fair amount of games where, where some unpleasantness has come about. But I can honestly say, I have never experienced what I just experienced. I mean, three minutes ago, tops, here at First Tennessee, Bank, uh, First Tennessee Park here in Nashville, Tennessee. I was walking over. I was going to get a Pepsi. Everything here is Pepsi here. There's no Coke here. I was going to get a Pepsi or something to drink. And I saw a fight break out at the concession stand. Now, not amongst people in line. Not amongst people, someone who cut from another, someone who was drunk. No. Behind the people running the concessions got into a fight. And, okay, I'd be a terrible, terrible witness in any sort of, um, you know, crime or what they needed an eyewitness. I'm the first to admit that. But here's the best I can to, to, to figure, it, figure out what happened, okay? There was a fight that was an argument that was breaking out in the back area behind the metal door where you see you have this concessions we'll have like the hot dogs the pretzels the peanuts the coke machines and the you know the ice cream bars and everything like that and then there's the door which obviously leads in the back where they have either they're cooking stuff or they're bringing stuff back into the concessions well Behind that door, a fight between two of the workers there got into a big, huge argument, yelling at each other. And one of them pushed the door open really fast and hit this poor woman 
one of the other concession people right in the face. Okay? So she starts screaming and crying. And the two dudes in the back are still are now not just yelling at each other, but one of them is starting to swing fists. Now, the woman who is in charge of the register is clearly the manager. And she is someone who is... I'll try to paint a picture. She's in her late 50s, early 60s, African-American woman who won't take any shit. And she starts giving it to, you know, you get your act together back to whoever was pushing the, the door and kept looking back at the people buying concessions saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And the whole time she is holding an ice cream cone, a soft serve ice cream cone for this woman that they just bought to grab. And the woman is like, who's bought the ice cream cone is so terrified she doesn't know what to do. And the woman who wants to break up the fight clearly can't break up the fight as long as she's holding this ice cream cone. And it took every bit of, like, willpower in her part. And I can't believe, I mean, I guess I was kind of frozen as well. I almost said, take the goddamn ice cream cone. (laughs) Take the fucking ice cream cone because she has to break up a fight. And the person finally did, and she got right back in there and everything, and I saw security coming in. I've never seen a brawl amongst the, at a concession stand for those who are selling the concessions. That's the first. That's only happened to me at First Tennessee Park. By the way, there is currently a runner on, and someone named Tyler O'Neill, who homered earlier, went three for three is currently at the plate. He could own minor league baseball. Could you imagine if I was such a lunatic that I did who owns the Pacific Coast League, who owns the International League, who owns the Eastern League, who owns the Florida State League? If I would I would have to you know what that may be my goal is to get to the point where I'm wealthy enough that I can do that and figure out minor league wob as well. But Tyler O'Neill, you know, his team is losing so we'd get a half minor league wob. But Let's see what he can do here. Pitch, and that's a strike. But there you go. You know, if I stayed in the hotel of the convention center, I would never have known that this fight broke out. And I'm going to go on a limb and say no newspaper will cover that and that the good folks at the Nashville Sounds don't necessarily want this to become the story of the year that there was a big fight that broke out amongst people trying to sell soft serve ice cream at a Nashville Sounds Memphis Redbirds game. But do you know what? That's the critical importance of the Sully Baseball Podcast. You are learning that information. That's right. It is recorded for posterity that on the 5th day of May 2018, a fight broke out at the concession stands along the third base line at First Tennessee Park. Meanwhile, Tyler O'Neill just struck out. Coming up now is Luke. First baseman number 26, Luke Voigt. Now think about this for a second. It's Star Wars night, and there's a guy named Luke up to the plate right now. I think that's pretty cool. So I just wanted to share that with you. There's other things we can talk about here, but man, I never have seen a fight break out at a concession stand 
Oh man, Luke swung and missed. And Luke pops out. How cruel. On Star Wars Day, Luke could not come through. That was like Luke's trip to Bespin. Okay, there's a cardinal prospect, a left fielder named Jairo Jairo Munez or Jairo Munez. If he makes it to the major leagues, we'll find out. He's batting 310 in limited play. He had an RBI double earlier today. Who knows? He may be the goods. And you know the way the Cardinals produce players at like such a rapid clip. He'll probably be playing in the postseason by the time this season, this uh, 2018 baseball year is over. There's a weird little cut in here. Like it kind of curves around in left field. Kind of juts out and juts in again to uh, make room for the Hyundai deck out here in, in straightaway left field. I'm right by the left field pole right now. And there's just a smattering of people here. So if Munoz gets a hold of one and gets a home run, your pal Sully has a extraordinarily high chance of recovering that ball. It's now one ball, one strike to Munoz. Ooh, big cut. Big, big cut. It's now one and two. Two outs. It is the top of the eighth inning, and the sounds are still up 4-2 here at First Tennessee Park. He gets the sign. Goss at the pitcher. He gets the sign. The clock is running down. Ground ball to third. It's fair. Across the diamond. First baseman scoops it up. Nice play. We're going to the eighth inning. Still four to two sounds. And I'm going to walk over to the concession stand here to see if anyone will beat each other with swords. I'm here in left field here. I'm right behind the Hyundai Pavilion. And they have one, two, three, four, five, like little, I guess, uh, little plaques to sort of talk about the ecological parts of this area of Tennessee. They talk about mineral water. They talk about uh, discovery of, looks like, fossils of ancient elephants, of the buried cities of some of the native tribes that were here. And it's really strange because behind here is a, what looks like a big construction area. No, it's a big, like, open field area here. But they have all this ecological and prehistoric evolutionary uh, information that are on these plaques which of the prehistory here. And uh, I have no idea why it's there, but I'm just glad that they're teaching evolution here in Tennessee. Here's Josh Fegley. We're going to the bottom of the eighth inning, and it's still 4-2 Nashville Sounds. Now here in straightaway center field, where I've walked over to, is like a big kind of grassy area. A grassy knoll, if you will. And it's like this big park, and there's no one here except for one dude who has a couple of Bud Lights and leaning against the fence. And you know what? This is as good a place as any to park myself for this inning. I'll be back. Well, it's the ninth inning. It's 4-2. There's one out. Behind the, the center field batter's eye, it says, The site of Sulphur Dell. Baseball's most historical park, 1870 to 1963. Now, two outs. Now, I will say this. This was the site of the old ballpark here in Nashville, and it had great historical meaning for the people here, and it was 
when they built the new uh, ballpark here, they built it on the site of the former place of the former park, and I love that. And so I love when you build a stadium where sports used to exist. But calling it baseball's most historic park, um, let's slow down. <laughs> let's slow down. Yankee Stadium, Wrigley Field, Fenway Park. Let's slow down. Okay, yeah, they nearly played here for 100 years. That's great. Seriously, that's terrific. Sulphur Dell, and I'm glad you love it. And if you want to call it Tennessee's most historic park, I'll have that conversation. You want to call it all of baseball's most historic park? Um, hey, uh, I love your enthusiasm. Well, folks, swing and a miss, and that's it. That is it. Daniel Gossett. Let's hear it for him. Throws a complete game here. A victory for the Sounds over the Memphis Redbirds. As I'm up here in straightaway center field. Throwing a little shade at the history here. Again, that's not, not really throwing shade. Just start saying, let's, let, let's just slow down a bit. But folks, you know, this was a, it was a good ball game. Close ball game. Pitchers the, the, threw a good game. There's some timely hits. And uh, a nice little brawl at the concession stands. And anytime you could do something like that. And hey, we got, we got a free uh, milkshake at Wendy's. And who says this doesn't pay? So folks, this is my first ball game of the year. Hopefully there'll be more. And uh, thanks for coming and watching the game with me. Or at least listening to me watch the game. So, go to SullyBaseball.com. Like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski from First Tennessee Park in Nashville, Tennessee. This is Sully Baseball Podcast for the fifth day of May 2018. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.